you actually become happier because you feel that you've you've achieved something at the end of the day and you've actually got something to tell the rest of your family what you did it's not just a nightmare that you kind of lived through more power to the the women out there i love our audience to be skewed in the women direction i think they would be if we're two handsome looking chaps we have a, we have some hope in the room 52 jokers wild us over 40s will be think have multiple comfort zones around us and we keep on entering into them and sitting in them and and as you said i think you even said a few minutes ago you might dress or just sit down somewhere and put a blanket around you and just shut the world out and and get comfortable and you know just switch off that noise so that's a one type of comfort zone and then there's the work one where we're saying well i know what i do i get in there i do this i do that and there's nothing going to be out of the ordinary and I'm, I know I'm able for it. I'm comfortable in my role. I'm comfortable in my job. And, you know, there's no scares there. There's no, there's no panic. So, and, but two people might hear that differently and go, that's terrible. There's no growth. There's, what are you doing? Uh, you're comfortable. You're, you're, you're stagnating. You're, you're, you're just existing in there. You're going in to put in time and then go home as opposed to going in there and there'll be surprises and growth and change and transformation and newness and, and, and constant learning. So is, is change comfortable or is, or is, you know, or, or the fear of change is, is the want of a comfort zone that you then don't have to step out of. You're building your own silos, stepping into them, into them and calling them comfortable and my zone of where I exist and don't step out of and I feel comfortable in. I think, I think 40 over 40. Yeah, 40 over 40. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because during lunch, I, I sat down and watched a YouTube video that was about uh, how it actually indicated to brothers that uh, they'd been born in the sort of late 1990s thereabouts. And this was the youngest brother. Um, and they they were born to a middle-aged, uh, um, uh, a middle-income family, if you like. They weren't overly intelligent or this, but they just had a job and it was a family. Uh, they could get by. And as they grew up, the kids wanted to have the same toys that all their mates have and they had to be told no we can't we can't really afford that at the moment so they had to do without and and this young fellow was constantly saying am i happy you know what how come they're happier than me how can they can have all these things and what do i need to do to get the same kind of happiness that they're actually having and throughout his life he he, he had these same expectations he was never happy where he was there was always something else that just outside of his reach that he couldn't quite attain and in the end he, he worked his way up the corporate ladder he, you know he he was he was earning money he was being successful but he realized he hadn't got a family he hadn't got a wife everything was quite shallow and uh, in the end he he suddenly discovered having gone from a job that was a corporate one where the corporate was bought out and then he set up with some friends his own little corporate and that got sold out and he he, he he didn't have to do anything he realized he'd just wasted his life whereas his brother who he thought was a loser it ended up developing all these techniques art-wise, uh, music, it got a family, got kids, was really enjoying life and was just really had something to talk about, whereas the other guy hadn't. He was just talking about business. So he'd actually built those kind of comfort zones because he, he, he but he was always in the future. He was never in the now. He was never, he was always worrying about why can't I be as happy as that person over there? And it was actually all about judge, judgments that you, you, he seemed to be judging other people and, and, and thinking 
he need to measure up against That's them. That's the measure. You know, and I yeah. think what it is is that really we, we need to stop doing that. Now, you no, well, you're going to love this. <laughs> Your last five sentences have been five episodes of our show. You're like happiness. We're now for the people in the future. There is an episode called Happiness is about to, you know, go out next week in this timeline, but this that's gonna be a bunch of months behind when we actually hear this one. But there's happy we're talking about happiness and what the measure of happiness might be from one individual to the next individual. And we're always looking over the garden fence and seeing the grass is greener and 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 thinking that if I have that car or that bigger house or I will be happier. And yeah, no, no, that's happiness. You also talked about, you know, um judging comparing to others uh, and again we, we're going rather than saying you know what are we in ourselves and you mentioned the power of now and living in the now and not living in the future which was another episode of types so an awful lot of the language is coming to wrap around and just, just, they're not they're not separate pieces this journey of fear and you know courage is the other side of fear and growth is 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 about change and transformation and learning as opposed to stagnation and and being in a comfort zone now comfort zone can be you could be comfortable but you could be stagnating it could be self-imposed in the sense of i am in i am made myself comfortable so to ignore the fear the fear of growth and change so i'm calling myself comfortable in a silo because and and affirming to myself that it's okay when actually it isn't. It's a false set of happiness of being saying I'm okay because I'm not afraid. Where f- fear is not fear of being a- afraid of the monsters under the bed, but rather the task list at hand. And we're so so. It's a it's a weird language. I mean, there's either another one out there called you know you know weird and wonderful and life. And we're saying and, and so we've got to get into this language of what is happiness. And it's not comparing to someone else, a measure of success or amount of family or or distance, you know, from from, from here to the moon in terms of acquisition of goods. It's it's are you happy in yourself? Are you happy in, in your life? Are you happy in your health? Are you happy in your wealth? I'm not compared to someone else because they might be as happy as a pig and shit with nothing. And there's no point in comparing to them and think you're going to be as happy as them because their measure is a different measure. And, and, and they're not even measuring potentially. It's what makes you happy? What is your measure of happiness? And it's not under one heading it's under a lot of headings of relationships family friends health wealth knowledge growth and and even legacy and where are you on your planet and in your life cycle so you've what to sum up quite quickly what i heard is you've touched an awful lot of our subjects over the last 12 to 16 weeks they go a little bit deep they go a little bit wide but what all of them come back to do is say it's a journey of self-growth we're going to stick in the caveat of 40 over 40s because we think they might be a little bit more mindful of where they are in their life cycle and whether they actually are even aware of half of these things and now they've got time to pivot and become more self-aware and mindful and and start peaking and troughing in the ones that make sense and the ones that don't. I, I, I know that when I reached my 40th year, it was a, a kind of strange year for me because the work had dried up where I normally got my work in, here in Ireland. And I, I knew that if I stood still and didn't do anything, 
it would cause all kinds of problems because you still end up building up debt. You still have bills that have to go out. You still have to meet the mortgage. You still have to pay the electricity, telephone bill. So there was some kind of action that had to be taken. And on my situation, what it was, was that my family stayed where they were, but I had to go to England and work in Birmingham. And I found a job in Birmingham, stayed with my parents, had to travel up and down to be with them. But again, it was it, that was stepping out of those, those kind of comfort zones. But what I what I tried to do was to sort of actually enjoy the experience, have no expectations of what was going to happen and just enjoy the experience. And I think what, what other people in that sort of age bracket start to realize is that they do have uh, some knowledge of life. At, at that stage, my children were either 13, 14. Uh, it, you know, they, they were becoming a little bit more autonomous in a way. They, they had their mum with them here and stuff. Um, and you began to realize what, you know, what was important in life was family for, for us in particular. Uh, and all we were doing was that particular job just to to sort out some kind of little financial situation to gay, give us a little bit more stability until another opportunity arose somewhere else, which, which uh, I then took. And that opportunity happened a couple of years later and took me in a backwards, some people would say a backward step because I went from being a senior lecturer to a lecturer. But the what it gave me was an opportunity to be back at home. I could do my normal hourly work. But I also started making films. All the ambitions that I had before, I suddenly said, look, if everybody else is going to be a block to me, I'm going to unblock it and do it my way because that's what I've learned. And we produced a feature film, the first feature film. And we started producing other things. I then wrote two novels, uh, and which I never thought I could do. So you do get to that point where you realize that you haven't run out of life but life is very precious and you need to use it in a very, very economical way so that everything is put in its proper place. And that includes the job and the so-called business it has to be put in its proper place so it doesn't dominate the rest of your life. So you can be creative and see where the opportunities can actually take you. And I think that that's the that's the reason why I think this is about self-coaching people who are in that sort of part of their life just reaching their 40s in going to their 40s and suddenly realize they want to they want to do something and maybe this is that moment where they want to change the career they've had and try something new and start to realize and get out of that fear that yeah you can do anything you can start something new like seven or eight years ago i started to play the violin that was new to me i was told ah you're too old but no you're not one day at a time being happy, just enjoying what you're doing, and you should be okay. No, we're, think, we're, we're turning in this one as turning into happiness, which is a strange, uh, we already had one we thought was happy, but that when we actually ran that for a podcast, it wasn't about happiness. It never works out the way. We start with a subject and it turns into a different weighting because that's where the, the title nearly leads. This one we were starting off, I don't I think it was, yeah, comfort zone, and is now nearly on a journey of, well, it's an end product. If if you want to be happy, you got to get outside your comfort zone and and you know do these different things and different weightings at different times in your life. So on, earlier on in life, as you were saying, 
in order to provide for your family, you had to get out of your comfort zone of living in Ireland and go to somewhere you wouldn't be as comfortable in an environment, you know, let's say it's just England. It's not that it's uncomfortable. It's just not home. It's somewhere new. It's not your family aren't there. They're at home. You're sacrificing the happiness of being around them to go somewhere to earn, so to pay for their happiness of not, you know, of having the bread on the table and not have to worry about the bills at the time. So it's, and then the strange thing is you're happy to be the provider you're happy to sacrifice an element of your own happiness of being in your comfort zone at home to put yourself outside that comfort to go somewhere else to be the provider so your family can to, to not have to move as well and they can go to the schools they need to go to and, and your wife can take care of the children and you can put bread on the table in the most basic of the language. Now, like that's happened to me a few times in my life whereby if, you know, there's this false thought process in my life of money is happiness and it's not because actually it keeps on coming back as an affirmation to me saying if money was what was going to make me happy I wouldn't be here I'd be in Saudi Arabia I'd be earning a million a year or I'd be an entrepreneur trying to constantly just trying to open up business and do things and seek success through monetary reward and I obviously didn't so no I'd like to have some money. I'd like to have an amount of it, particularly if I could win the lottery and save the lot of the hassle of having to figure out the how and the where and the what and the why of it. But in the absence of all of that, on my journey to whatever the figure might be, I would I kept on thinking money was important, but I would then at every decision point in my life, I would have said, well, is it, a, is it more important than being around the kids? No. Is it more important than being in the same country as your family? No. There, and as you said, I might take less and accept less monetary reward for the more the work-life balance that, that I was tuning into as soon as I had a wife and children and their age profile of them liking you to be around to when all of a sudden they just want you to show for them for me to be. So we're in, I'm in that timeline of they like you to be around. You're in the timeline of, well, they're married with children of their own nearly and they like to come visit visit you've done your job my job is i'm a couple of years behind in their age profile and when i got married and god knows what so money is not the important thing in my life i i'd love to have more of it but it will not be the overriding factor i am happier in my being to have more time with my family and my friends and be be in an element of comfort zones under various headings whereby I don't need to make myself uncomfortable unnecessarily. When I do have to, I will. The uncomfortableness that I'm talking about in the last while is this putting yourself out there and not being shy or maybe less being, being less introvert. And then and more to the point, not worrying about what others think. This is our life. We're doing it. These shows are for ourselves. First, if it helps us, we do believe it might be a little affirmation to others that, look, these lads are figuring, thing, figuring things out. They seem to be happy in their skin. They're making sense of stuff and they're giving it a go. They're giving it a lash jack. They're, they're, and they're trying, they're, gonna, they're not going to give up unnecessarily on, on, on the basis of a few hurdles being put in front of them. So I am happier. I'm actually, strangely enough, getting more comfortable in certain zones. They're not comfort zones. They just were uncomfortable zones before. And I think we're now getting a little bit comfortable in those spaces to enjoy ourselves and be happy in what we're doing. And that will lead to other results. I, I think there's there's several things that were sort of coming to my mind as we were going through that. Um, we, we 
happiness isn't through having money. And also there is a sense that we try to control what our lives is all about. We have no control over what our lives are. We could have planned several things that we were going to do today or last week or whatever. And none of those things worked out because circumstances changed. But because we are in a very adaptable sort of situation, we can modify our lives to fit the needs that we have at that particular moment. And we can stretch or it contracts depending on what the needs are. We also find that with money, that your needs, you, you get the money when you need it. You don't know necessarily where it's going to come from all the time, but something will happen. A door will be opened and an opportunity will arise that will give you the money that you need to do certain things. There's a thing called the secret, and I think that kind of goes into it, but not necessarily going into that kind of stuff. Oh, but, that's back to yeah. ask the universe ask that the we'll universe provide. That provide. <laughs> but the thing is that I think if you, it's the same with uh, anybody that has any kind of faith or any kind of belief that really if you do put your trust in what's out there and that we are part of a bigger organism or a bigger family or whatever, when you ask and you and you state it, and I think we've we've kind of looked to this ourselves, when you can put it into words what it is that you want and you become more focused, in our case, it's developing these shows and trying to work out what it is that we want. When we have a certain focus, those things start to happen because we find ourselves working towards them. And quite often, if you look at the whole scheme of things, it can be very, very overwhelming. You can kind of go, oh, my God, I can't do that. And this is why you want to go back to your comfort zone, because you're being pushed beyond your limits. But if you can break it down into small chunks, as we've discussed before, you can start to find that you can accomplish those things and you become more focused. And because you've become more focused and you've done those little things, you actually become happier because you feel that you've you've achieved something at the end of the day and you've actually got something to tell the rest of your family what you did. It's not just a nightmare that you kind of lived through. You've actually done this, this, this and this and you can now share that with your family or whatever. And quite often, that's the other thing. If you can then spend the time with your family and allow them to have conversations with you, your life does then become rich. And it's back to one of the other episodes where we talked about listening. If you then are not just so preoccupied with having to do other things, you can then start to come back, listen to what they're talking about, and really start to enjoy the conversations you're, you're having. People used to go to the pubs. Now that's in, <laughs> that's interesting. You know, listen, now we could. Now you mentioned the secret. You can ask the universe for what you want. At the same time, you're meant to listen to the universe when it's letting you know what it's putting in front of you and providing. And the other thing about good luck and recognizing that you've asked the universe, it will put stuff in front of you, front and center, but you're meant to be aware of it. You're meant to observe it. You're meant to react to it. That's good luck. You, you, you spot this opportunity, you recognize you have the skill set and the wherewithal to do something with it. And then you've got to put it into action. We talked about acting before and action and the definition of it. And it's, there's no point in talking about it. You've got to do it. You've got to step up. You've got to make it happen. You've got to manifest it. So the journey of creativity and ideas and innovation that's hidden out there in the universal uh, field that can be brought into the, to the, the material now is, is true manifestation and true action and true doing. And that's, we've touched on in the past as well. Now we, well, before we came onto the air on this show, you, we were in what was interesting when, when, when I uh, 
sort of came online with George earlier was he was doing something which would have been way out of my comfort zone and I think his and we were he was investigating you know tag words on YouTube and SEO like search engine optimization to to try and figure out how to get these shows an audience and in the sense because we there's no point in us doing this manifesting of what we might think is a value or a product or something and packaging it and putting it in a box under the bed or the proverbial box under the bed if we just put it up on a YouTube channel with no idea how to promote the channel, no idea who the customer is, no idea where they are, no idea how to get them engaged. Now, LinkedIn, we, we have a little bit of a better understanding of who's out there and maybe how to engage with them because we're a bit more familiar with the, with the platform. But we are middle-aged, you know, men and unaccustomed to marketing, and least of all social media marketing, and and, and even least of, lesser than that again, this language of SEO and search engine optimization using tags and and you know targeting mechanisms that the kids of today are doing second nature you know so so george was effectively looking at youtube videos from the experts the kids on how to basically promote yourself in this world of of of, uh, of media various media and various platforms that the outlads doesn't matter what we have and doesn't matter how good we think we are and it doesn't matter how good the product will be it will never be known in the absence of getting outside that comfort zone of production and getting into the uh, and become a bit more comfortable with the idea of branding and marketing and social media uh, search engine op optimization across multitudes of platforms to finally get the possibility of getting in front of a potential customer or audience member that then at that point can have an opinion as to how shite you are. Well, the great thing is that we're now at a point where. <laughs> It's almost becoming automatic, the process that we go through in actually producing these videos. But we had to get that done first because that was a new area for Garvin as well. So we had to go through this process of understanding how best to record ourselves and get that going. We've, we've kind of got that down to pat now. And, eight, and each step was another little step that we then had to take. We, we, we went from white screen to green screen to Garvin having paintings behind him and me sort of duplicating the same thing behind me. We both now have green screens, so there'll be different images behind us. We don't even know what we're going to have behind me today, but we'll find something. It'll be marketing. It'll be, it'll be branding, branding. We don't branding, know. We SEO we're is taking all that control. Kind of stuff, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> but one of the great things is that um, we were both not comfortable because it actually it you can feel pretty anxious not knowing how to use all this new technology. I mean, for, for example, if someone came up to me now and asked me to sort out their mobile phone, I'd literally kind of freak out because each individual mobile phone is has the identity of the person that's been using it. And they will do things in a way that's totally different to what you will. And you'll just become lost and overwhelmed and you won't be able to control it, even though you may have know how to use your own mobile phone. And that gets the same way with all this equipment. And then when you're finding all the software that we're now looking at, let alone the ones that we've learned all our lives to be able to do the jobs that we can do, all this new stuff about marketing, you know, it kind of it was like that's that's the bridge too far. You know, we don't know whether we can get over that or not. But now all of a sudden, because we feel a lot more relaxed, we're a lot more happier in ourselves. All of a sudden, we, we, we can expand out that little bit that we need to be able to cope with the information that we're now taking in 
about social uh, SEOs, social, what they call, what did you call it? Something optimized? Oh, search, search engine, engine optimization. Yeah. I don't even know that. Search engine I'm, optimization. I'm using that in the old context, <laughs> but the old context of websites. Yeah. But it's the same sort of language as you were saying earlier as each, it's trying to figure out the algorithm of each of the platforms so that your content has a hope of getting out there based on the potential search criteria of your of, of your potential of your targeted customers so nice language there if you don't know who your customer is and you haven't targeted them and you don't know what language they're using to find what it is they're looking for and you're not defining yourself or your product in that language well then you're just a line in the yellow pages on a shelf somewhere when you didn't bother putting the number on and you never put in your second name it, it's a waste of time so we do believe we will package quality we will be changing that as we go and we'll get it we've got the process that we're happy with though gets that 80 20 pareto principle of there's enough effort to get the value for what it is for what's being put out there for who it's meant to be for but now there's the beauty I mean, we had this conversation earlier today and we arrived at a little bit of a of a, of a strange you know summary one-liner of who are we for who would get this? Whatever this is, and the, that, what the this is at this point in time is 30 podcast episodes of self-coaching. And, and, and then we stopped there and went, well, we can say mentoring as well, and we can say motivation, but they, they're falling under the same heading of we're coaching ourselves to be motivated. We're coaching, we're, we're coaching ourselves to mentor ourselves to get out there and do it. Now we're saying to do what? For who? Who is this for? It's for us. No, it's for us and people like us. And then that was a quick affirmation of people that will get it are the fourth. It's the the language was nearly millennials to baby. You'll you'll correct me on this, George. The baby boomers and the millennials in the short term, the forty year olds and the fifty year olds that are C level executives or want to change careers or are 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 not happy on the money trail and wouldn't want to find some other meaning. All of the above, or just want to get healthier and wealthier in their mind by putting work in a box and getting more work-life balance. So all of the above, it's people like us. That's the audience. We will figure out how to talk to them soon enough. We're recognizing who they look, what they look like. Most of them are male and bald or balding, 40 to 50, and want and change. Actually, I do think the women want to uh, <laughs> to, to, to have the oh, same great. No, no, that's There you well, go, John. I, I mean, I think I'm, we have to break outside I'm of hoping. Uh, zones. <laughs> well, one of the interesting things... Uh, if I things, was to say it right, I think the women would get it more. Yeah, oh, I think they'd be more open to it. And uh, it's, it's the men being us are the ones that find it hardest to change. That's the whole, everything out there in the mental health area is talking about is men find it hard to engage. Men find it hard to give up this money definition. Men associate their success with the money and the car and the brand. And, and women are just going, it's the happiness and the family and the mind, motivation and the mindfulness and the yoga. Where actually the men are we're just trying to, we have to take off this pretend facade and get comfortable in the new skin of, that's good for the goose and the gander. And, and that's what we're saying. The thing is, more power to the, the women out there. I love our audience to be skewed in the women direction. I think they would be if we're two handsome looking chaps. We have, a, we have some hope. But we're not 
we're not going to we're not going to be sexist. We're not going to be racist. We're just saying this is about a mindset of knowing that we're uncomfortable. We need to get comfortable again, or we're too comfortable. We have to make ourselves uncomfortable and grow. And it doesn't matter what the head in this. Absolutely. What I'm finding is quite interesting is that nothing that we're talking about is new. Uh, no, I, no. I, and I've been and looking it, at. We've read a dozen books each. Yep. Everybody is saying the same thing. Nothing is new. They're all we're all just coining a different phrase and using a different language and you know and and tweaking it a bit. But at the core, at 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 the core, it's fear, it's anxiety, it's the stresses, it's the wealth, it's the health, it's the growth, it's the perceptions, as you say, it's the perfection. It's it's all these feelings and emotions and different levels of of, of waiting as the have you enough of one and too much of another. And what drives that in terms of the the factors that cause the cause and effect things that cause you to be happy? Oh, it's money that makes me happy. Oh, well, what are you going to do with your money? It's not collecting in a box and putting it over there. Oh, I'm going to buy a big car with it. So it's a car that makes you happy. So it's this understanding of of your own emotions and how you can affect them by surrounding yourself with family and friends and things, or maybe less things and less family and friends, depending on the type of relationship. I think the reassuring thing is, though, for, for a lot of people is that others have gone through these same kind of experiences and they've come through the other side and they've managed to sort their lives out, change things around and actually become more successful in the way that they've been doing things because they've they've gone through this kind of crisis. And quite often a crisis actually brings about opportunities that they never thought of beforehand. Most people, they get stuck in this rut that just because they've done certain GCSEs or O-levels or leaving certs or whatever the thing is that you do when you finish school, that they're actually now marked for life, that they can't do anything else. Yet the people that didn't really succeed at school have gone off and done all kinds of amazing things. They've, they've usually ended up being the CEOs of companies that uh, then employ the PhDs because the people went off and studied and did quite well. The thing is that we can change our lives anytime and do something new and do something different. We don't have to brand ourselves as in... Now, George, I'm going to stop you. Go on. I'm, I'm going to stop you and go... Right, what are you saying, George? What's the language I've been sort of trying to beat you up and use there to you? Because exactly the sentences you're saying now yeah. are our branded concept of our language, of our journey, of the 52 Jokers Wild journey. It's not happy. You don't need to wear the suit you were given at the beginning. You can change at any time. You can be a joker. You can deal a new, yourself a new set of cards. You can basically be a jack. You can be a queen. You can be a king. You can be an accountant. You can give that up and try again and become a plumber. There are no... Once you're given these cards, you can swap them out. The problem with most people is they think once they've aligned themselves into that suit and that journey and that career that they're stuck in it yeah. and it becomes yeah. a sentence and what you just said was you don't have to you can be anything you want to be you can change tomorrow it will be difficult it won't be easy you might have to retrain relearn you know I, I pretty much said to someone there 20 minutes ago or before this episode that I think I'm going to give up my subscription to my Chartered Accountancy Institute because I don't think I'm an accountant anymore I'm not going to sell myself as an accountant anymore it just happens to be I spent 20 years being one, and I am a member of an institute that says I'm one. But is that, if I keep on paying that subscription and I keep on calling myself that profession, 
then am I a film producer? Am I a director? Am I, uh, you know, am I an educator in uh, film training? Or am I an accountant? Because my, my card says chartered accountant. So you can get a card on Vistaprint, you can print it off and call it yourself, you know, nuclear florist. It doesn't matter. You can decide what it is you are. You can create something new and you can make yourself be the subject matter expert in it and you can put yourself out there on social media land and be the guru. It's up to you. There are no rules but the ones you enforce and put and put on as the suit. Absolutely. Be a joker, be a chameleon and keep on changing to suit your emotion and feeling and what makes you happy and where you want to be in your growth path. I think the important thing is that uh, I know that I set off to be a filmmaker years and years and years ago. I became an editor. I've done directing. But I was actually working always to somebody else's plan, to somebody else's goal, to somebody else's, you know, whims, if you like. And I, my frustration was that I was ne never doing what I wanted to, to the level that I wanted to work at. And I actually gave up and said, right, I'm no longer going to work as a filmmaker or an editor or a producer for other people. And once I laid down... There's that, a lovely language for other people. For other yeah. people, yeah. Because now what I'm doing is I'm actually doing all those things that I've been wanting to do every single day, you know, except for weekends because I, I don't work at weekends. But every single day we're going off, we're shooting something, you know, I'm using my cameras, I'm using my microphones, and then I'm editing and I'm being creative with my artwork. All the things I thought I'd given up or wasn't able to do because nobody else wanted to pay for it in the way that I felt they should do. They didn't re re reward my value, if you like. I now feel more valued because I'm now producing things in a way that I'm enjoying, having fun with Garvin's, having a natter, which is also another activity I like enjoying. <laughs> it's a natter when I get a chance to have my <laughs> Not my many word people in, come know? up with that, I'll tell you. <laughs> but it's, it's good. Yeah. So we're now enjoying what we're doing. We feel as though we're growing, uh, not only as people, but also within the skill level that we're doing. And we're, we're now starting to say, right, where do we want to go? What do we want to explore? How do we want to get there? What little thing can I do today to make sure that that happens? And so I don't mind doing the research that I need to do for that. And I'm actually enjoying it because I feel as though I'm learning something new and it's taking me one step closer to what I would like to do uh, for myself, which is eventually to be, let's say, producing uh, a couple of feature films. And that's where we're going to go. <laughs> no, definitely. It's on the path. It's on the yellow brick road. It's somewhere behind the curtain and at Oz. And now the one thing, I suppose, for the audience out there or the intended audience or the potential, and we're going to be like a firm and the positive and say, yeah, when you're there and when you're, it doesn't matter when, when the when is and where the where is and to who, it's, if you ever engage with this, where we're not under the, under the, the, the illusion that everyone can stop their work and not pay the bills, because that's the hardest thing on the planet. That's the hardest thing to do is, is to let go of the baseline of, of what you're putting up with or what you've got currently that you've that you're using to pay those bills and pay those mortgages and getting the kids through school and putting food on the table. But, you know, we, we also got to that level and said, but we weren't happy. So then it became, it was making us ill. It was making us sick. We were resenting going to work. We know the reward of all that was the money to, to pay for that baseline of existence. And, but that was the problem. The wording became existing, you know, go, you know, having to go to work and putting time in and killing time. And so we're going, we're, people have to do that. They have to, we have to get money. Now it's not going to be easy, but 
if we can explore that's why people the, all the gurus out there say if you can make the hobby become payable in those off hours and weekend hours and and then it starts earning then start swapping it out for this other thing you don't enjoy and you'll end up doing entrepreneurship is not an easy job it's you're swapping a 40 hour known pay for an 80 hour unknown one but the 80 hour one won't feel like work you'll be putting it in you won't even know what's happening you'll be enjoying it you'll be involved in multiple levels and even though you should be more stressed you'll probably be less stressed unless too many other people are becoming dependent upon you but we're not going to explore everything at the no, same I think, time I think the key... it's just acknowledge the fact yeah. that it's it's difficult to move from a to b but you will know in yourself if you have this uncomfortableness and this, you know, dread of keep on doing what you're doing on a constant basis, change is required and you know what needs to be done. You need to change. You need to, ch you need to get out of there and do something else. Yeah, literally, in a few words, uh, if you stop, you die. It's like the shark. If you don't move, you'll actually die. And that will happen to you both physically, mentally, and whatever. And if you if you put up with all the all the stuff that is thrown at you in, in a lot of corporates that will overwork you over you'll destroy you. You'll be destroyed physically, you'll die sooner than you, you wanted to. Whereas if you take this other path, doors will open for you that, that you wouldn't have expected just because you've actually stepped out and made that extra effort to go and do something that you really wanted to do. And then you'll find your full potential, which will be for you and for your family and those close to you, because you want to make sure you get that work-life balance. And that's really all we're starting to talk about. We don't, have, we don't have all the answers. That's not what this is about. This is about looking and searching and seeing if we can discover those solutions on the journey as we go together. And I think that's the key and important thing. So we're actually coming I keep up to the on end saying of the show. Keep, <laughs> so yeah. we, the last word is like, I keep on talking about the yellow brick road. You have to be, we're just brick by brick on the yellow brick road. Get on the road. That's the only thing. You don't have to go to the end. You just have to get on the road. You got to get out of where you are and start the journey. And stuff will happen. Things will materialize. You'll be happier you left what you left behind. So put on those ruby shoes and start the journey today. Or Doc Martens. Doc Martens too. You can <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks a lot. See you soon. Bye-bye. Do what it says on the tin. Follow and share.